I will love it if we beat them. Love it. There's a slice of cheese, Minigoji at Sopolis. I have a dream. Honey, cut. Bartler. Eh, the fella in the green and white short. The guys up in the joy have asked to be put back in their cells. <laughs> <laughs> if you stop waffling, we might get some work done. He has the goo blood. He has the goo blood. Get out! Get out, man, you ain't got... Let me add a little bit of spice to that. Is that your fucking spice? My grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. I think I'm a special one. I'm the normal one. I never knew stuff were that good. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of the OnlyFans Football Podcast. Um, your man's favourite football podcast, Carol, I believe, um, to the wider fan base. I don't know if that's the case, but it's definitely our man's favourite football podcast. Carol, how are you? Uh, I'm not too bad at them, to be honest. Um, I'm suffering um, from from uh, February blues on top of January blues. It's uh, a double whammy. And thank God it's the last day of February, as as we're speaking now. So, um, yeah, God bless, I suppose. <laughs> Constant um, blues because of the tragedy that's going on at Chelsea at the minute, Karen. I used to think life was a tragedy. Now I think <laughs> it's a comedy. <laughs> Just the Pixies, where's my mind playing on repeat, isn't it? <laughs> I was actually... I was. Looking at YouTube earlier, and for some reason, the YouTube algorithm decided to play Liverpool won Ajax nil from the COVID season. So there was obviously there was no one in Anfield, and this was one of the games that you know Curtis Jones shined in for some strange reason, and uh, it just brought me back to the depression that was COVID. Um, <laughs> Jesus, this is awfully grim, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was sure it was it was funny in the way. But um, and then it was followed by Liverpool beating Benfica last season away in the Champions League. A Lisbon special, Kieran, as we keep alluding to, is coming soon. But Cran, imagine if it didn't come. <laughs> I don't know, it will. It will. I'm gonna come. It will. It will. We get on. Not too bad. Um, I, I actually pulled my back today, Adam, and, and yeah. it's quite sore. So as we're talking, I am on painkillers because I'm not responsible. But oh, I, I do have a sore back, so apologies if you hear me uh, grunting at any point during this podcast in agony. Um, but yes, my week, my weekend was good, Adam. Um, I actually uh, I ended up out and about all weekend. I did not take in a uh, a game of football other than the game on Sunday, and after that, I didn't want to watch football ever again. So it was a a brief return to football. Um. But I know you were out and about on Friday at the the Ireland games, and um, Pat Pat Shells was on, um, and yeah, there was games on Saturday as well. I was actually watching Guinness drinking the match, the rugby match in the in the golf club Italy Ireland were playing, so I was watching the Six Nations. Yes, I am a rugby fan only international, but don't <laughs> don't out me, don't out me, and um, but yeah. The 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 weekend was quite rubbish, I think. Um, 
terrible, terrible, terrible weekend of football. Yeah. Yeah, you're not making it out to be good, anyways. <laughs> but how was uh How did you find this weekend? In general, was it the not same? Too ba- not too bad, Kieran. I suppose before we talk about the the weekend that was, we'll preface what happened last week on the podcast. So we did actually record a podcast last week, and we went. We were in Studio Two Five Zero. Um, having a barrel of laughs we were both very tired from the weekend beforehand uh, I think you had made a triumphant return to McGowan's didn't you um, and yeah so we were both kind of you know pushed through the podcast as they say and um, yeah so we recorded it and unfortunately there was some audio mix up and it just we just never got got around never got around to be released unfortunately and um, we never got around to re-recording so just for anyone who was hankering for the podcast last week first of all i don't know why you would but if you're relying on us for a podcast we are back this week so i suppose this is the best they can do girl someone's been going cold turkey all week not sleeping a wink waiting for the podcast to come in. <laughs> <laughs> i need it i need it, I need it. <laughs> um but yeah the week before, we actually did talk about the League of Ireland as well, didn't we? We had a chat about the the games that happened the weekend previous. The Shells, obviously, nil-all draw. Um, I was up in the gantry for that one with Shiro. It was hell of an experience with a proper Shells legend. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, Shells couldn't get it over the line. And it was much the same on Saturday. Or, sorry, not Saturday, Friday evening, unfortunately, out in Inchcore. Um which is always a tough place to go. Shells did get a win there last season. But it just wasn't to be. On Friday, again, a lot of chances created. Not Just couldn't convert them, unfortunately. Um, and then Pats get a goal through Owen Doyle. After Paddy Barrett gets chokeslammed in the box for, like, for no reason at all. I don't know why he got chokeslammed, but it was by Noah Lewis who on the day for Pats was immense, I think he got man of the match. But referee Neil Doyle, um, a classic performance from him, decided not to give a free kick out and Pats got, scored the goal as a result. Um, and yeah, it was f- frustrating from Michelle's point of view because we created more than enough chances. We were well in the game. Um, and Pats, as you said, Pats are a great side. So it would have been a hell of a result to get out there. Um, even nil all would have been a good result back to Tolka. Um, but it just wasn't to be. But elsewhere around the league, um, Derry City 2, Cork City 0. Um, it was Patrick McElhenney and I think Jordan McEnef again for Derry who, who were on the score sheet. But there was a bit of a, an instant during this game, Kieran, where League of Ireland TV went down. So the stream for the League of Ireland TV was just stopped working. And the reason why I'm giddy laughing at this is obviously Derry's one side of the country, Cork's the other. So if you're a Cork fan just tuning into League of Ireland TV on Friday evening expecting to look at your side potentially get beaten by Derry, obviously they did get beaten in the end. Um it just wasn't to be because the stream went down. Um uh, it was quite funny. They I must, have, they must have thought it was the uh, Wi Fi around those parts, you know? Yeah, I I I remember someone said it um at the match that 
the stream for the Cork Derry game's gone down, and I don't know why, it was just incredibly hilarious. <laughs> but we'll move on to Drada 1, Shamrock Rovers 1, um, Ryan Brennan, ex Shells man, with an 89th minute equaliser. Graham Burke got the scoring on the way for Rovers in the 60, sorry, the 53rd minute it was. But after Rovers went one up, I don't know what happened. Lee Grace gets sent off. That O'Cleary gets sent off. It was really, really, like, how do I put it? It was stupid. <laughs> Let's just say that the two fouls that they gave away while being on a booking was brainless. I, was, I remember seeing them. I seen replays of them. I was thinking to myself, lads, what are you doing? Obviously, Rovers got Pico Lopez sent off against Sligo as well. So they're actually without a defender this week against Derry, but a really good result there for Drada. Yeah, no one wants to get sent off, or no one wants to stay on the pitch for Shamrock, to play for Shamrock Rovers. <laughs> um, and then we'll go to UCD 2, Sligo 3. A Max Mata Matrick is what I'm calling the Kiran. Um three goals for I'm pretty sure he's from New Zealand. I'm gonna fact check this right now. Um yeah, the New Zealander, he's twenty two, living in Sligo for, oh. for whatever reason. But he got a hat trick on the day. Um UCD were one up. Mata gets the equalizer in midway through through the first half, and then Bishop made it two one to UCD. But Mata again gets the equalizer in the 69th minute. What a shagger. And then he completes the hat trick in the 82nd minute with a second penalty. And actually, I'm going to, we might clip this in now. But when the when this second Sligo penalty was given, the UCD commentator um, screamed and said, The foul takes place out of the shagging box. <laughs> Excuse my French, is what he says. Um, I know he was cracked up with that because it's it's just a funny it's a funny way of describing a penalty. Um, but yeah, Sligo get the three two win there. Um, and funny enough, Max Mata was the first name you brought up when we started recording before we started recording. Even it's just a it's a great name, Adam. Max yeah, Mata. Yeah. Even you saying Mata there, it just brought back so many good memories <laughs> of Juan Juan Mata. <laughs> Um, Number one, yeah, <laughs> Max Mata. I, I, I'd say I wonder what it's like for a New Zealander living in Sligo. I'd say it's uh, dreadful. I, I, I wonder, does he want to fight next to home from? Uh, but where's the nearest airport? Shannon or Knock? Sligo, Sligo's nice, Carol. I'm not, I'm not having to slide Sligo. I will slide Sligo. The funny, the the best curry chips and chicken goujons. Um, come from the Sligo away chipper van just for what it's worth um, we'll try and get him on the podcast we'll reach out to him try and get him on Maxwell Matha of course yeah yeah. we are we are using Zencast it's now for anyone listening it is a new one for us but um, yeah we're giving it a whack and anyways um, so we could get him on Zencast like that'd be an interesting one I would absolutely have a man named Matha on this podcast 100% <laughs> We're going to end our League of Ireland update with Bowes 2, Sly, uh, not Sligo, Dundalk 1, Sligo on the mind, Max Matt on the mind, Kieran. Um Yeah, Dundalk failing to win away in Dalymount, packed out Dalymount, I believe it was sold out as well with the new away stand. 
for uh, Mono, which is a great tribute to him. Um, Jordan Flores gets the goal to make it 1-0 um, for Bowes. I think Flores played for the Dogs well. I think that was against the former side. And then Declan McDade made it 2-0 in the 74th minute. Um, and it was a late equaliser from... This is another great name, man. You're going to like this. Young Finnish, 21-year-old striker, Johannes Ye Coco, um, made it 2-1 late on for Dundalk, but it wasn't enough. Bowles got the win in the end. And Bowles currently sit top of the table, Kieran. I know you're a bit of a, a blow-in Bowles fan at times. Um, at times, Adam. Do you think this is the year for Bowles to reign supreme? Potentially, yeah. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of um, hype around the, the business they made in the transfer window. and People think they're going to do well. But, um, yeah, uh, uh, Adam called me a blow-in Bowles fan. I, I, I'm uh, sending out a petition here for anyone who wants to come with me to the Bows Games. I would actually, yeah, uh, I, I would like to go with you this season. Uh, AKA, I have no friends. Yes, you're here for us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in, in general, that's I think that's a good result um, at Dundalk. I've I seen yes. this week that Hull have actually bought a share in Dundalk, which I find mad. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think it's quite gone through yet, but they're definitely interested in Dundalk. Mm. There's other clubs like I think there was a whole one of the whole owners was sitting with well, according to the papers, was sitting with Shell's officials in, in Shakur, so there may be a deal in place there. I don't know, it's it's one of them things. I'm not sure I'm the biggest fan of investment from abroad to become a feeder club. I'm not maybe that's the way to, you know, sustain a club and get more money into it but I, I'm not sure if I'd be too big into that um, from a from a, a fan's point of view you know well it's just monopolisation a feeder mm. club is a fancy word for that mm. <laughs> I, I think it's Fleetwood have a relationship with Waterford um, which sends players abroad to to the likes of Fleetwood and um, people, teams in the likes of League 1 League 2 I think they're having massive problems with Brexit and getting players in who are younger um, in the English leagues now. So that's why you probably will see a lot of these relationships popping up between League of Ireland clubs mm. and clubs in England. I don't know if you've seen the interview with Carl he- Heffernan, um, son of Irish sprinter. I think he's a sprinter. He's, he could be a, a, a marathon Runner, um, son I of yeah, yeah. He'd done an interview with Sky News, obviously, he's with AC Milan now. He's the captain of AC Milan's underage teams, I'm pretty sure. Why he spoke a lot about Brexit and saying, you know, if, if it wasn't for Brexit, I could be in an English academy now. And to be honest with you, I'm sure he's m- much more happy that he's in Milan playing with the training with the likes of Slatan Ibrahimovic and you know, Divock Origi, Olivier Giroud. Um, then you know milling around around the likes of Wolves or Fulham, you know. Yeah, I'd I'd one hundred percent prefer that Italian favorite as well, Adam. <laughs> We're gonna move on now to the weekend that was in the Premier League. Um, just a, a quick caveat, and again, I, I say this in jest, but I do mean it. If you're listening to us, expecting like 
critical analysis or any kind of knowledge regarding the games this weekend, you've come to the wrong place, I'm afraid. Because we have seen, I've seen three games this weekend, one of which was Liverpool, um, and I rewatched it on the Sunday, having no score. The other was Spurs beating Chelsea, and the last was obviously United winning the cup yesterday. But that's not going to stop us, Kieran. It's not going to take away from us. We are going to spoof regardless. And we're going to start off in Craven Cottage Friday evening, 8 o'clock kickoff. Fulham won, Wolves won. Um, it was a Sarabia goal, Paulus Sarabia goal, cancelled out by, I think it was, what's his name? Manor Salomon, the Israelite. I think it's he's after scoring three goals in three games or something for Fulham. There's a lot, a lot of talk about him. Yeah, um, Mitro's no longer on fire. What's that about? Was Manor Salomon on fire? Mitro wasn't even playing, man. I think Mitro's carrying an injury. Yeah, he has a tie injury according to Footmob. Um, they're playing your man. Do you remember Vinicius? He was with Spurs that time, and he scored against like Blight Spartans or something in the FA Cup and done the Mbappe celebration. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, he's the one lining out front for Fulham at the minute. So, um, it's a bit of a strange one there. But I, to be honest with you, Fulham, I think the last few games they've been struggling ever so slowly. Well, never mind. No, they haven't. They're unbeaten in the last five. Having been Brighton, Forest, and Sunderland in the cup, and obviously drawn with Chelsea and Wolves, I don't know why I thought they were struggling. Um, I was a few games forward, I wasn't there losing Spurs in Newcastle. But, um, the American dream, Tim Ream at the back, Kieran, um, I have to say, one of the most underrated players this season. Yeah, he's he's having a great season, and and he's, you wouldn't expect a, a, a Yank centre back to be. Oh, I can't say that, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you probably can't say it to be fair. I, I probably can't say it. actually for yeah, I can. You wouldn't yeah. expect a Yank centre back to be doing well in the Premier League. It's, 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 it's the facts of life, you know. Um Americans haven't been known for their defending and he's he's having a he's having a great season. He's having a great season. Uh, Americans yeah. haven't been known for their great defending. Um <laughs> William on the left hand side, Kieran, for Fulham. A bit of a throwback for Chelsea fans. Two two together there. <laughs> well, you were the one that said it, not me. Uh, William, a bit of a throwback for Chelsea fans. He seems to be like tearing it up for Fulham at the minute as well. He's had a good season, hasn't he? Yeah, don't talk about that. It puts me in pain. <laughs> I'm just looking through the Wolves side now that Julian Lopetegui's put together. And uh, look, I don't think they'll go down. I don't believe Wolves will go down. I think they'll have enough to stay up with. The quality manager that they have and then the quality starting 11 that they have as well, to be fair. Um, Jose Sa, Semedo, Craig Dawson, Max Kilman. Yeah, man, what's his name? Bueno. That's a great name. Like Hugo Bueno. Um, Mario Lamina, Ruben Neves, Mateus Nunez, Pedro Sarabia, Jimenez, Mateus Cunha. Um, like, that's a really good side. And I'd probably argue that if Lopetegui was in from the start of the season and had this squad together, Nathan Collins on the bench as well, of course, which is, you know, for the Irish eye looking on, it's always good to see him there. It's worrying, um, though, because he was starting. And now yeah. he's not starting. And Craig Dawson's coming in. I don't like the look of that. Mm. Um, you could see him get less game time next season. That's not what we want. Yeah, that, that's very true. Um, but the thing I find like Craig Dawson's one of them 
stalwarts has been around a long time um, they're not going to not play him do you get me Mm. It's it's a strange one. I think looking back on Wolves' the start of the season, they weren't doing like too well at all, really. Um, Bruno Lage as the manager, he was trying to rework the wheel there. And just looking at Wolves now, they just it just feels like they're going back to the compact four three three. You know, two tricky wingers, Jimenez up front, and trying to get the best out in that way, but. Um, Wolves obviously were leading the game, so they'll be disappointed that they drew in the end. But Fulham keep this good run of theirs going on. A team who wished they were on a good run, Kieran, of course, is Sean Dyche's Everton, who fell 2 0 loss to a 2 0 loss to Aston Villa the weekend. Ollie Watkins with a penalty, and we went there with a goal as well in the 84th minute. Um, Everton find themselves once again in the bottom three. And I think both of us said that they would be safe, didn't we? Both of us agreed that they'd probably be all right. But it's not looking good, Brev. Yeah, I still think they'll be all right, Adam. I, I, I don't think... Um, I think Unai Emery has improved Aston Villa a lot. Um, it looks like, actually, that they're going to overtake Chelsea next week. And to be honest with you, I'd fancy Chelsea to go down quicker than I would Everton. Under Sean Dyche. Uh Chelsea won't get really Edgar. It's not that bad. I'm in my feelings, Adam. <laughs> um I'm look again, I'm looking at the Everton side, man. And you're a home to Everton. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're a home to Aston Villa, excuse me. I don't know why I don't know what's the function of having Onana Gay and Decore playing all together. In a system like that where, like to be fair, looking at the bench now, it's not like they have a, a load of riches on the bench that they can bring on. Like They brought on Ellis Sims, who played against Everton, or Liverpool that time, Damari Gray, who was really good once upon a time for Everton. I really want Everton to go down. <laughs> I think it would be very, very funny. Um, and I, I probably would be in the same boat as you. I probably can't see them going down with Deutsch. But... Looking at the teams ahead of them in the league, like I still would have hope for Leeds because I think they have a quality side. West Ham, I think they'll have enough. Wolves, I think they'll have enough. So therefore, you're looking at everything going down alongside Bournemouth and Southampton, which would be quite the feat, Carol. Yeah, I mean, I... I just can't see. I can't see Dice bring them down. I, I, I think... He'll get, he'll pick up enough points, um, until the end of the season to keep them up. I'd fancy Leeds go down with a manager quicker than I would, and I, I've seen they're bringing Happy Grazia, so I, I don't I don't fancy him as Leeds manager to be honest. I, I could see Leeds going down quicker than I would Everton, um, even West Ham they they won the weekend, but I still think they're a bit shaky. I think that they could go down. I I, I fancy Dice as Everton. I do, and I I remember Burnley were on the verge of going down last season and he said if they kept Deutsch I think they'll stay up and lo and behold they sacked Deutsch and they went down so I still I still fancy Deutsch to dig them out of the hole Yeah you, you said you fancy Deutsch a lot there so if that's clipped up it'd be quite funny to listen to um, Leeds won <laughs> all, I hear, all I heard there was I fancy Deutsch <laughs> what, what, how, how much more do I have to spell it out for you I fancy him I just fancy him <laughs> 
Um, Leeds won Southampton nil. Um, I'm not quite nice. sure how Leeds won a game of football to be honest with you, but it was Junior Firpo who got the goal. I'm saying that as if Leeds haven't beaten us this season. They like <laughs> Leeds actually aren't that. I don't think they're that bad. Memories. I know Ian hates them, but um, it was Junior <laughs> Firpo. The irony of Firpo scoring against Southampton after all the grief Ian's given him is poetic. Um, we were about to work on Saturday, Kieran at Bellator, um, and I got about 12, I say 12, I got about four or five texts off Ian saying, Boris Fowler was slaying Bazoon, he was saying Keller was better, and then it was saying that Junior Firpo was the best defender in the world, so um, I'm not quite sure what that means, to me personally it means very little, but um, a good result for Leeds nonetheless. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, Ian has an obsession with Furpo, and uh, it, it proved uh, <laughs> it proved that Furpo had the uh, upper hand on this occasion. But um, yeah, I, I I think that was a good result. Obviously, with Southampton team who are on the up after beating Chelsea, um, it was good to get a result um, in the relegation battle. But uh, I think yeah, Leeds Leeds is a funny one because it could go one or two ways. They could go down, or they could um, they can continue this run of form. And to be honest with you, I, I fancy the latter. Um, I, I, I don't know about Saka Marsh at this point in the season. And, and Grazia for me, I I don't think it's a great appointment. But we'll see what happens, I suppose. I, they could stay up, but I don't fancy it. I think they'll go down. Um, but yeah, good result against Southampton anyway. Yeah, I suppose while we're stuck in the doldrums of relegation, we'll, we'll chat about West Ham beating Nottingham Forest 4 0. Um, on the score sheet for them was Danny Ings twice, Declan Rice and Mikel Antonio as well against his former club in Nottingham Forest. Um, Danny Ings on the score sheet twice is a really interesting one. And I think there's a great parallel with Watkins at Villa at the minute because he's been on a bit of a scoring form as well. There were two players that at the start looked like they would you know, form a friendship or a bond together up front, but it never came to fruition. And to be honest with you, I think Danny Ings has probably shown his quality now, given the chance he's up front there. You know, Jared Bowen, Lucas Baguetta, um, Saeed Benram, it's it's a, it's a really frightening front four, to be fair. Um, yeah. And Forrest just weren't up to it on the weekend, Carl. No, and I'm just looking here. I had four goals in 15 minutes. I don't know what happened to Forrest there. They're the centre-backs just disintegrate or what, but <laughs> four goals in 15 minutes isn't a great look. Mm. Um, but yeah, Danny Ings. I think if you get him fit, he's a really good goal scorer. You know, he gets into the he gets into the right places in the box, um, to pick up goals. You know, we talk about clinical strikers. I think he's one of them poacher likes like Tony and stuff. That just they're in the right place at the right, right time, and they have the position to get goals. I think he he could be an asset to West Ham in the relegation fight. You know, um, so yeah, good results definitely. Um, with a team who are directly competing with them. So I think, yeah, good result for West Ham. Four goals as well. It's been a while since West Ham scored four goals. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, just looking at it here, it looks like the four goals that Forrest conceded hinged on John Joe Shelby coming off the pitch, <laughs> which is incredibly ironic considering how most teams would probably put four past the team with John Joe Shelby in the actual eleven. Yeah, but he, he had been taken off and then that's the hell of a conclusion to come to Adam by the way <laughs> yeah, I know yeah it's, it's, it's just you know, this is how we are Carol. 
Um, we'll go to Arsenal's 1-0 victory over Leicester. Gabriel Martinelli um, to extend their lead at the top to two points with a game in hand, of course, over Manchester City. I suppose we'll just talk about Man City as well while we're talking about Arsenal. Um, they were 4-1 victors over Bournemouth in the half-five game. Julian Alvarez, Erling Haaland, Phil Foden and a Chris Meffham own goal was enough. I say it was enough. They literally put four past Bournemouth. It was enough to get them over the line against Bournemouth. And yeah, this title race is becoming interesting, Kieran. I think the game in hand for Arsenal is going to be big. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know because they had they still have to play City. So for me, it's it's still resting on that game. And as long as City have to play them, I still have my doubts. But Arsenal again proven, you know, that that they are the team to get by. They are the team. They're, they're coming up with these clutch results. You know, Leicester away is always a tough game. Mm. Team power with the, with the fans there. They clapping. They're clapping their. Uh, <coughs> what, what do they do again? They they clap. Uh, they're like fans. They have. They clap. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's a good atmosphere in there. It's it's always a tough result. So, um, to get the result there, I think that's big. You know, a game like that, it's easy to drop points. You know, any other team could drop points there. Um, so I think they are proven that they have the steeliness to to be the champions of the of the Premier League. But I, I still, I hold my hopes in that City game. I, I still think if they if they beat City at least once this season, I think they'll have the title. But for me, it's all about that City game again. I think Man City are being written off on. Yeah. Far too easily here. They got the the draw away to Forest. Look, it wasn't a great one, and I think we did speak about it last week. You know, Holland had a glorious chance to make it. I think at the time it would have been two nil, um, and he obviously didn't take. It and Forest get the look. The, I'm not gonna say lucky goal was well worked, but then they go to Leipzig. Then in the week, they get a one all draw again, and you're kind of going, you know, what's happening here at City? There is, I still believe there's something going on. I can't quite pinpoint what it is, but it does feel like there's something going on there, you know, behind the scenes and, you know, with the team itself. I think the Cancelo transfer is still bizarre to me. Um, So, yeah, I I, I think this game against Bournemouth was probably needed. Like, you're looking at City's next game is Bristol and the, the FA Cup tomorrow, which you'd imagine they'd have a much changed side. But then I think the, the Saturday game is very interesting, man. Man City, a home to Newcastle. Newcastle after losing the League Cup final, which we will chat about momentarily. Um, it could be a tough, tough game for City that, but um, I still, I'd still fancy City to to come out on top here. Yeah, I, 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 it's up in the air for me. It's not, it's not written and solid either way. As I said, that Arsenal City game for me, that's a big one. Yeah, and we'll we'll finish the Saturday's games. For some reason, the Barclays had two evening games on. One at half five and one at eight o'clock, which was, again, quite strange um, goings-ons in the Barclays. Probably because the League Cup was on the day after. But Liverpool nil, Crystal Palace nil. Liverpool, more shots, more possession. Um, no Nunes, which is probably a big big thing for them. Um and yeah, nil all the way to Palace. Look, it's been much worse at Palace for times in Liverpool. So I don't think nil all, given the current state of the club, is is too bad. But 
yeah, no, I, I wouldn't really class as a great result myself. I think you have to be beating teams like Palace, especially considering the kind of lackluster form they're on. They haven't won a game since New Year's Eve, you know what I mean, which is which was a way to born with. So, um, yeah, I'm not too pleased with it, but I suppose while we're talking about Liverpool, the big one, Kieran, was last week the Champions League tie against Real Madrid. Complete capitulation, man. Nunes with a great goal early on, and I, I mean, it was very well taken. Good play by Salah. Salah then gets a goal off of a mistake from Thibaut Courtois. You'd be frustrated with that. And then Real Madrid, man. I remember looking at the game, and they were, you could see they were just calling to each other, lads, relax. Look at we're Real Madrid. Uh, we've done this before and it, it, literally the whole Champions League campaign last season was that Vinicius gets one back lovely called in on the right foot Benzema with the assist and then Liverpool had a good chance then to make a 3-1 it was off the line Madrid just persisted um, and then yeah Madrid just look at they come back into it as they always do I thought Young by Shetik found it very difficult on the day against Modric, Camavinga and Valverde. He does this thing where he, he kind of makes a gap between the opposition players and runs in between it with the ball. And I'd say Modric had seen that a couple of times, like, you're not doing that to me. Picks the ball off by Chetic, plays it through to Vinicius, and Gomez actually intercepts, plays back to Alisson. And it was just really silly from Alisson. It's really, really silly. And it's, it's petulant. You know, it's probably bordering arrogance. You know what I mean? I'm sounding like I'm in Dunphy here with, with words like this. But it's it's just it's really stupid play to be honest with you. Just to that's kind of that's what it was. It was stupid. Gives Madrid the second goal that they probably deserved, to be fair, they probably deserved at the time. And then they just come out in the second half, man. It's your first free kick you're defending. And I don't like Zalna Marking. I've never liked it under Klopp. I think it's a bad way to defend. Um Militao has Acres of space to score. I would have scored. You would have scored with the amount of space he had to make it 3-2. And then look at the game from there on. Benzema got a great goal as well. Um, And then it finished with a goal from, who was it? Benzema again. And this one was actually particularly really nice. I think it was a great one from Modric. And he slid it through to Benzema, who takes it around Allison and puts it into the net to make it 5-2. Kieran, I said Liverpool were going through in the Champions League. I was also looking back at our predictions video at the start of the season. I said Fulham would go down reasonably easily. So it's not been great on the predictions front for me. Um, but what a performance from Real Madrid. Yeah, and for me, it was it was all about the, the midfield for me. Um, Mod- Modric, I think he just ran the show. He just ran the show the whole game. He was so good. Um. I can't believe what age is he now? Thirty seven, thirty six. He's 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 absolute monster at thirty six. You know the 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 amount of running he does, even off the ball, pressing, um, and when he's on the ball, he's he's silky as hell. So I I think he's he's down. He's going down history as one of the greats for me, hundred percent. Mm. Um, and there's 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 not many above him, in my opinion. Um. So yeah, I just I felt he ran the show. 
even um, Camavinga, I think, grew into the game in the second half. So, yeah, it was a good performance for Real Madrid. And Benzema, he still has it. He still has it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, he still has that Ballon d'Or touch for me, even that, 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 that second goal he scored on Real Dummy. Um, and that's the class you're up again. You know, it's, it's all well and good. Um, Winning that Premier League game the weekend, but mm. coming up against Real Madrid, you need that extra gear, and I don't think Liverpool have that extra gear at the moment. Um, and as you said, Bochetic, he's doing he's doing well domestically, but I think he he still has he still has that experience to garner in the Champions League. He still needs a bit more. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's not a great result for Liverpool, but uh, Ben Casey, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's not. A, <laughs> It's not a great result for Liverpool, but I think it's one you can expect it with, with the run of form they're in at the moment. And I think it's all about building for next season for me, um, for Liverpool. I think there's a lot of work to do on the transfer window. Yeah, and to be honest with you, when Liverpool were tuning up, I was kind of going, this is too good to be true. Like It's it's one of them where like, I can't quite believe this has actually happened. But yeah, getting back here on sorry to the midfield and the summer and stuff like that, I know there was reports today of Nico Barella coming in, which would be amazing uh, again. Whether I believe that or not is another story, but he would be one that would be welcomed with open arms from myself. But looking ahead to the second leg, um, yeah, Liverpool aren't gone through. <laughs> I think it's, I think that's a fair assessment. But we'll move on to the Sunday game, Kieran. I know you've talked enough about Liverpool, so I'm going to let you take the reins here, take over as Spurs defeat Chelsea for the first time what was it they said before the game I think it was like the first time ever yeah in, well that's probably what it feels in, like in the White Hart Lane um, in the new White Hart Lane stadium it's the first yeah. time ever the first time conceding in goal Adam in that new stadium yeah I'm just looking at it here I think it's the first time since 2019 he's, he's lost his spurs um, Oliver Skip with an absolute screamer on the day Harry Kane made it 2-0 late on um, Kieran, you had a rant about Graham Potter last week, which was unaired, unfortunately. So I'm gonna let you take two and air your grievances now. And uh, yeah, Kieran, the floor is yours. <laughs> uh, see, I'm not great on the spot. I'm just no, no, no source material. But the, you know what? It's it's. Um, I, I just think it's it's time to go. Really, I, I can't see it improving. You know, that's my big problem. And to be honest with you, I was more angry last week and the week before. Because I, I, even the Dortmund game, I was that, that was my angriest point. Because I, I just feel, you know, these are the games. The, the, for me, I, I don't really care about the domestic competition. And that might sound stupid, but if you're not winning the league, domestic competition, for me, it takes second for if you're in the Champions League. But in the Champions League game, you need to show me something. Something. In the Dortmund game, there was nothing. For me, there was absolutely nothing. Yes, there was those few chances. But in my opinion, these chances that these players are creating at the moment, it's down to individual brilliance. It's not down to any styles of play or patterns of play. It's down to their own individual brilliance. Um, I, I think there is good quality on that team and he should be getting more out of it. You know, having a 27% win percentage, the worst in Chelsea's history, is not good enough. 
for the amount of money spent, that is not good enough. We're not Everton. We're not Everton. Everton, fair enough. They are run terribly. And Bowley, he does not want to leave that same imprint on Chelsea. This is a club that's been run well for years, efficiently. Um, hiring and sacking, hiring and sacking. And getting success from that. But, if you want to go for a long-term vision and a long-term model, Potter is not the man. He's out of his depth. He's never had a job this big. He is not the guy you should have went for from the very start. End of. He doesn't have them credentials. He doesn't have the je ne sais quoi, Adam, that uh, the likes of a two will have. Oh, sorry. Fucking. <laughs> but the likes of a two will have or the likes of a Klopp or the likes of a Pep Guardiola, Jose Marino, he doesn't have the genesis qua needed to be the fella, to be the man. Do you think that's, that's something what... he can develop though, Karan? Absolutely not. I don't think well, he has yeah. the... <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that was very good. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have it, Adam. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, he's, he's an English manager and the media want him too well. Yes. That's fair enough. Leave it to a Brighton or a Palace. There's just no... There's no chance, in my opinion, that he can turn this around. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think he's lost the dressing room for the last few games. Like, I'm seeing players walking around. And they, there was a funny moment in the game yesterday. The commentator said, Oh, this is intense pressure from Chelsea. It's literally the slowest I've seen the attackers walk in years. They are not trying, man. They're not trying. And I hate that. There's nothing worse than not trying. And in my opinion, he's lost the dressing room. He's lost it. That was going to be my next question is, do you think he can turn around? Obviously, you don't. But do you think the dressing room's gone? I was reading a report earlier that he was complaining about having too many players to train with and that players were kind of getting frustrated that they were only training on a need-to-know basis. So I, th- I thought that was very interesting as well. Yeah, and there's now reports coming out this evening that a few players are sceptical as if he can turn it around. And to me, if the media is coming out and saying that, after saying last week that the players are 100% behind Graham Potter, it's not a good look. I, I think I really do think he's lost the dressing room for the last few games. And there's been a lot of PR stunts pulled to keep him in the job and to keep the positivity high. And to keep us almost to keep us, uh, people think we're idiots like that. We don't know he's lost the dressing room. I I can see it with my own eyes every single week. The players are not running for him. I can see it. I don't need to be told. Oh, uh, we're behind Graham Potter. I I don't believe Adam. I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think he's lost the dressing room. Um, and in my opinion, like I was saying this to Rory the other day. Who the hell, what's the plan after this if we get rid of him now? That's my so biggest... That, that was going to be my next question. Sorry for coming across it. <laughs> I'm I sorry like... for uh, for not giving you a chance to ask these questions. But I just... <laughs> no, no, I like I like this this kind of interactive like debate kind of uh, fashion of it. What, what, what is the next step if he does go? Like, who, who do you bring in? And I, I, personally speaking, I know you're probably going to say Thomas Tuchel, but why in the name of Jesus would Thomas Tuchel want to go back to Bowley? 
Yeah, no, I I don't think that's realistic. And there's people calling for that. And that's all fair enough in Cloud Cuckoo Land or in your own dreams when you're asleep. (laughs) (laughs) In all honesty, it's just not not realistic. You know, it's just, it isn't realistic. And that's the problem. And that's the problem I have within the next few games. If you're going to get rid of Potter, you're in March now. I don't see why you would get rid of him, especially if you're going to sack him after that Dortmund game. Why on earth would you get rid of him? There's nothing to play for. Genuinely nothing. There's nine points to play for that we need to avoid relegation. That's it. So if they don't sack him in the next game after Leeds, if he loses, I think for me, keep him. Why not? There's nothing else we can play for. But if they're going to sack him, sack him quick. But if they're sacking him, Kieran, what what is... What what's the point? You're saying there, right? If if you lose the leads, there's no point in sacking them because there's nothing left to play for. So what would be the point in sacking them in general? If if they're looking to build towards something, surely would you not be better off just keeping them in, or do you just bite the bullet, sack them, and hope to do another rebuild in the summer? The, the things aren't changing, Adam. That's my biggest problem. It's not changing around. Nothing is changing. It's like the the sort of uh, thing we want to build with Potter. I just don't see any progress. I see more regression. That's not what I want to see. And I I understand like there's, there's bad results during the rebuild, but two wins in seventeen and, and losing to the likes of Southampton at home. Uh, that's not for me. That's just not. It's it's it it doesn't happen under any circumstance. It shouldn't happen under any circumstance. He should have enough to beat Leeds, especially spending six hundred million. Like you're talking about clubs here, like Arsenal, Arteta. They get behind him. Has he spent six hundred million to get where he is today? No. Um, Pep Guardiola, who he's also being compared to, absolutely ridiculous. Has he spent six hundred million? He spent less than Potter in his four, five years at that club. Potter has spent so much money. Is that true? Yes. Well, Pep spending. I don't, know if that's, I don't know if that's true, Karen. Well, Guardiola has a net spend of four hundred million, and I think Potter has a net spend of like three hundred. So it's it's not far off at this point. So I don't know where things will stand. As I said, there's no point in getting rid of him if you're going to sack him after a Dortmund game. Maybe if you sack him before the Dortmund game, you could salvage something and try and get through to that that core final because there is something to play for in the Champions League. At the end of the day, it's an open competition this year. I think anyone can win it. So, yeah, I'm I'm done with them personally. Um, for those clinging on, fair play to you. Have the patience of uh, Saint himself, but I just I just can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't see anything. Yeah, I think it's it's a strange one because as a Chelsea fan, you'd be so used to just having the manager be sacked if things were going bad. Obviously, that was the regime under um, Abramovich. I think. I think the comparison with Arteta is a decent comparison in the sense that he went through a lot of shit. Like, it wasn't too long ago Arsenal fans were calling for his head as well. So, if he compares Severe with it and see out the season, I think potentially going on it could be good. But I also think it comes down to the manager himself if he's up to the job. And I'm not sure if Potter is up to the job. Because he, he I, the problem is with spending a lot of money is you're bringing a lot of players in and you're trying to embed them in the system. So if they did get a pre-season under him and they kind of know exactly what they want and he has the players he exactly wants, you're probably talking about something, but that's more money again. So it's a tough one. 
And it's um, circumstances as well, Adam. Like, what was the point of sacking uh, two shots eight games into the season and not giving someone like Potter a preseason? Like, even United, they 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 brought in Ten Hag, very start of the season, starts the process straight away from preseason. That makes sense. I just don't see this as as um, wise ownership. It's just it's well, I, do, I, I do think it comes down to Bowley as well. Like, you yeah. have to you have to realize he's. A man starting in football who has no <laughs> clue about football in general. So, um, yeah, uh, it's an interesting goings on. I, I personally think, yeah, I think it goes one or two ways. He's either sacked if they lose the next one, or he's there till the end of the season and yeah. he gets to somewhere to build. But it's interesting, one nonetheless, Kieran. We are forty-eight minutes into this, which I'm incredibly surprised at. We've we've outdone ourselves on levels of spoof. We haven't even talked about the League Cup final, and we will now. Um, Twenty United fans, listen, yes, <laughs> Manchester United have won the League Cup, yay! Uh, Manchester United two, Newcastle nil, Casemiro, Rashford on the score sheet. I'm not going to slate the League Cup, by the way. I'm not slate. <laughs> you were celebrating hard last season. I was just about to this, say. This <laughs> is the point. Yeah, I'm not slating at all. Yeah, I'm not slating it. Um, there's a lot of people giving out about United celebrating a, a cup victory. Um, which I, I think in and of itself is strange because they've won something. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I've never been a fan of this Mickey Mouse narrative. Um, so you're not gonna you're not gonna hear me slating people celebrating winning a trophy. I think winning something is is a big achievement in and of itself, regardless of what it is. Um, you get to the final, you have to win it, and that's exactly what they did. And I thought they did it in a very professional manner. Casemiro gets the goal. As I said, the thirty-third minute with a header past Loris Carius, um, and then Rashford, who done really well. The shot takes the deflection, goes over Carius. I felt bad for Loris on the day because there was this strange narrative all week that if Newcastle were going to lose, it was going to be because of this man who lost the Champions League final. Um, nothing to do with the fact he hasn't played a professional game of football in two and a half years. The fact that he lost the final before is the reason why Newcastle are going to lose. Um, I, I, before we keep continuing about this, I thought that was an extremely strange narrative, Carol. What the Carrius narrative? I think it's. I think it's completely odd. Yeah, I mean, did people build up these ideas in their heads that uh, he's going to blunder again and stuff like that? It's just. Uh, I think it's it's pre-match banter or whatever. Um, it happens that all the time. The stupid, stupid pre-match banter, but yeah, I, I, to be honest, with you, Adam, I, I think it's better celebrating a cup victory than fucking crying into your pillow after a game, you know. And and, and if I was a United fan, <laughs> if I was a United fan, and that's what I was doing by the way, I didn't watch this game. I was crying. Um, <laughs> if I was a United fan, I'd be absolutely delighted. You know what? This, this is um, what you call a proper process and a proper build. Um, and Ten Hag. To be fair to it, he smashed it out of the park since he came in. Mm. I think over seventy percent win percentage. You know that's mm. that's really good. Like for a United team last year, they have also spent money though, Kieran as well. Absolutely, sure. but do you know what the United team in the Dulgrams last year, and we were slating them and then laughing at them last year uh, mm. under um, what was his name, Ralph Ragnick. I almost forget about that now. Thor Ragnarok, but, yeah. Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> But yeah, you're in the doldrums under him, not winning any games, and and Ten Hag's come in and and um, I think he's really transformed United and made them a team hard to beat, play against again. So you have to respect that. You have to respect the bald bald man, Mayax. He's he's really doing well, 
and Ajax Toy, if you're listening, um, yeah. you predicted it. Um, but yeah, I'm sure Ajax are, are missing them. Um, are missing their old Ten Hag at the moment because he's 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 a really good manager, in my opinion. And I said to all my United friends, they if they uh, stuck by Ten Hag this season, they do well. And oh, behold, a cool victory. That's good. That's a good start. And let's see what happens. Um, you know. Yeah, they've spent a good of two hundred million on the likes of Anthony Casemiro and um, Martinez, and they've all been true signings. They've all fit in well. I think Casemiro for me, man. I don't know exactly what United are going to do this season. I don't know. I, I don't think they'll win the league. I, I don't envision them. I think this could be it, essentially, and then a top four finish. Um, But they could easily go on and do the FA Cup as well and the Europa League. Um, But Casemiro, he probably won't get player this season because Erling Haaland's been so good. But he's been immense, man. He has been so, so good. Um, Himself and Varane have just... You know, Varane last season found it tough. And that, that could have just been his fourth season in English football. It was a new situation, a new scenario for him, and he just didn't take to it. But Casemiro's taken this this league, especially, unbelievably well. Um, and I don't think United are where they are without him. And I, I don't know why they didn't go and get a player like him a couple of seasons ago. I know they were looking at Ronaldo last season, which, looking back on the transfer itself, was, was crazy. Um, but I think the resurgence of Marcus Rashford as well has been immense for them. And yeah, this United side are a real, real tough side to play against now. A real kind of streetwise side. And when you have the likes of Varane and, and Casemiro on the side, it's no, it's no surprise really. Yeah, and I actually think that was a good bit of recruitment as well because you're bringing in Varane, first of all, who's won the Champions League with Real Madrid and then Casemiro who's won four. You know, I, I think bringing winners into United squad was a big thing. Having serial winners and people that, that know how to play for the team is always good. And as you said, Casemiro, I, I really rate him. And there was a lot of questions this season about what 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 was he, which Casemiro would show up to United? Would he adapt to the Premier League? And to be fair to him, he's, he's again, been very, very good. I think definitely team of the season for me so far. And um, yeah. But listen, that Real Madrid midfield of the past, unbelievable. You know, Madrid, Casemiro, Cruz. I don't think we'd ever we will ever see the likes of it. Um, we've seen it with Barca, with Xavi, Iniesta, and um, Busquets. But I don't know that the, it's a hard one between those two midfields for the the greatest in history for me. Yeah, and just to finish on this League Cup victory. I was only young at the stage when Mourinho was uh, in the job at Chelsea. I, I don't really remember much of it, but I remember the victory that they had over Liverpool in the League Cup final in 2005, the year that Liverpool won Champions League. Like, um, But I remember my dad saying at the time, was like, that's massive for Chelsea because that's, what, that's the first trophy they can win and they've won it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they went and pissed the league. I got big Jose Mourinho vibes winning the League Cup with Chelsea the first time around after his victory yesterday. The manner in which United won the game was so professional. Um, they kept Newcastle at arm's length. There was a point where he brought off Fred and one of the attackers and brings on... George. Brings on Sabitzer and McTominay. 
it was um, it was Weghorst that went off at that time, sorry. And when he brings on to Bitzer, McTominay has gone, right, well, this is it. We've already won the game. We don't need to win it for a second time. And it was just so shrewd. And, yeah, it was it was immense from them. And, yeah, look, at fair play to the lads. Fair play to Gary and, and Jer and all the United fans. I'm sure they're happy tonight. Um, I was more, I was delighted last season when Liverpool won the League Cup. I was in London, and Adam. it was one of my favourite days out. So I don't, it's I don't funny, blame them. It's funny how things change so quickly, though, isn't it? Like last year to this year, it's fucking mad. But listen, it is what it is, I suppose. Yeah, and I, I was I was gonna say, Kieran, but we do cut it a week, etc. But we're bordering an hour here, and we haven't even gone to around the world, so I don't think we will. To be honest with you. I'm threatening the longest podcast ever. <laughs> I don't even for two people who haven't seen a game of football this weekend, it's extraordinary. So instead of doing around the world in sixty seconds, Caron, I might just go to get it out, sponsored by Alberto Moreno. We have uh, someone around the goal, by the way, making this so long after not seeing football. <laughs> <laughs> um actually something real quick as well. We did I'm going to say release an, uh, an item of merchandise here on over the weekend. It's not released officially, but we do have OnlyFans, football, podcasts, sweatshirts coming soon. To anyone who is interested in purchasing one, do get in contact and we will organise it. We have a few purchases already. Um, we did put an order together recently. So if anyone's interested, do get in contact and we will organise it. They are coming soon, Kieran, but we'll move on. To get it out, as I said, sponsored by Alberto Moreno. We're going to take a quick look at our questions. We haven't got too many this week, thankfully. Oh, never mind, we do. We have more than I think. Uh, we'll start off with Ian, who says, your favourite Barry White song. Uh, is that the song you sing in the toilet, or is it actually Barry White? No, it's no Barry White. He's... He's a singer, like. Yeah, I actually, I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I use the term "the to solo." I've never actually uh, listened to one of the songs before. He has a few good songs, Kieran. He has a song called "You See the Trouble with Me." He has a song called "Can't Get Enough of Your Love." I can't get enough of your love, babe. He's actually quite good. Um, yeah. You're the first. You're the last. You're my everything. These are all classic Barry White songs, Kieran. Um, and I'm. I'm Quite disappointed you don't know them, but however, um, Ian says, "Jesus, it's a bit morbid." If you could get two musicians ever, dead or alive, to make a song together, who would it be? Right, Kieran, I'm gonna leave that to you because you're a more music mogul than I am. John, you know I'd love to see Kanye West perform a, a song with John Lennon. So you see what, what they come up with? Oh my God! I want to choke Kurt Cobain in as well. But you know what? Uh, also, Tame Impala and Kanye. I'd love to see that collab. That'd be yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. And um, because I absolutely love Tame Impala, especially live, mm. unbelievable. Um, yeah, I'd probably go. I don't know. I think Kurt Cobain and like Lyle Carner would would make such an absolute emotional tune. Oh my god! Um, Philip Philly getting Philly with it. Mangan says, "Who's the Scotty Pippen and who's the Jordan?" Um, referring to ourselves, Kieran, I don't want to be arrogant when I say this, but I, I would like to think I'm Michael Jordan. 
Leave it, leave it. Next one. <laughs> hey, well, have you not got an answer to that? No, I agree with you. Oh, so you, you are Scotty Pippen. I actually like Scotty Pippen. I, Scotty I'm... Pippen was a fucking great player, man. I'm happy to be the assist, the assister, the unselfish one, you know? Philly says, who would win in a tum war? So, we, I suppose first we go, who would win in a tum war between Jordan and Pippen? Uh, I think Pippen has bigger hands, I'd say, if I was to go. <laughs> you know that for a fact, do you? I don't know, he, he seems taller, he seems like he'd have bigger hands, shovels for hands. But... I'd say Michael Jordan would, just <laughs> for his, his, his actual like competitive nature. Um, and I suppose to veto that question, who would win in a tumor between ourselves, girl? Me. Yeah, I'd fancy you to win a tumor there. To be fair, <laughs> Dan, I was hoping you'd say you, could just to make it like perfectly. Yeah, uh, yeah. because we 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 both said each other uh, three times. Just now. be completely contrary. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, we have a question from Dave who says, "What is harder, hitting a nine darter?" Or getting a hole in one, Kieran. Before you answer this, I was at the darts last week in the tree arena. What a fucking laugh that is, man! It's such good crack. Shout out to Gerwin Price, who is the go. But um, yes, what is harder, hitting a nine darter or getting a hole in one? From someone who plays darts and golf, Kieran, please indulge. I think personally, I think uh, hitting a hole in one definitely. I think there's less of a chance. I think on a dartboard you have a, a bigger area to aim at, where it's a dart or a um, a golf course on a golf hole, the chances of a hole in one happen are very slim, as opposed to nine dart. So I'd say a, a nine dart definitely easier for me. Yeah, I I, I, th- I remember vaguely hearing before a dart. Someone was on a podcast. I don't know who it was. It could have been Gerald Price, and he said like nine darters are quite common in the training area. Like. It's something that they do like frequently enough, so I'd go a hole in one myself. Ben Casey says, a tough season so far for Chelsea. Do you think they have enough to stay up, though? Shout out to Ben Casey's sister. You know what? That's an interesting question. Now, I've heard a lot of people come out and say, we're, <laughs> we're going to get, we're fighting relegation here. Um, but I, I do think that's a bit of a morbid outlook, or a morbid outlook, sorry. Um, I, I think definitely we'll have enough. But you know what? I think it'll be an absolutely disastrous even season to even have enough. You know, to even be to that point. If you're if you're down there at fourteen, thirteen, that's a disastrous season. I don't care if you're in a rebuild or what. Shocking! Six hundred million spent. That'll be the equivalent to Everton. You know, that's shocking. Yeah, I think Chelsea will finish fourteenth. Jerry says Carabao are prime. <laughs> I'm going to go neither. Drink water, Jared. It's healthier for you. Two drinks I've never, ever taken a sip of. Um, coffee as well is much nicer. Um, <laughs> Woodser says, how many hot wings can you eat in one sitting? Or would you do a hot ones type podcast? Oh my God. That would be immense. Did you ever see hot ones on YouTube, girl? Oh yeah. Yeah, and I've seen that question, believe it or not. I had a quick scan through and I was like, that is a great, great concept. I think we should. Yeah, I, do, you know what, do you know we're going to put it down now. We, we've done this before. Why, shout out to Rory, who we said we would find out why Kevin Spacey was at Torino. We still haven't. But we're going to lay it down now. On that podcast that we do, the Hot Ones Chicken Challenge, we're going to do, we're going to find out why Kevin Spacey was at Torino that time. So we're going to lay down a load of markers here. 
I think it should be like an end of season special thing. You could do the team of the season, stuff like that. And he, he yeah, and e hot wings, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It sounds terrible, but it sounds great. It sounds good for us. Like, and just tag. Audibly, it'd be awful. Kane will be saying. as well. Oh, my, do you know what? We'll be trying to get him on as well. Just an empty email here, come here. Have you heard of OnlyFans? Yeah, we're not that OnlyFans. We do a football podcast instead. Um, and for some unknown reason, we're eating chicken wings this week. Do you want to pop on? Um, there's absolutely zero chance of, of getting even near that fella. I don't know. Get him to, MC. <laughs> Get him to MC the thing. Keen Movie says, how long will it take Ten Hag to overshadow Klopp? I give it two seasons. Um, I don't know. I don't think he'll ever overshadow Klopp, to be fair, Kane. Um, if Klopp had the money that Ten Hag had at United already this season, which is 200 million plus, I think we'd be looking at a much bigger Klopp legacy. Um, but I appreciate the confidence from the United fans after when, um, as they referred to us last season, the Mickey Mouse Trophy. <laughs> Gary says... Our Manchester United back. Um, Fucking hell! I don't know. I really don't know. I don't. I don't think they are. I think they still have a long way to go to be as good as City. Um, <clears throat> I think Arsenal are a bit of a a pipe dream at the minute. I, I don't know how long that's going to last, but they're definitely back in the top four, Gary. That's back where they are, um, and they're back in the round of sixteen Europa League. So yeah, you're, you're back in two different ways, I suppose. Um, Gary says Rashford player of the year Carol. Rashford he's been very good um, player of the year I, I'd almost go Casemiro for United over, over Rashford yeah. I think he's been more influential or um, Martinez because without like essentially United couldn't or Rashford couldn't run without um, Casemiro walking you know I think I think he does the you know, I, I don't know if I say, even said that properly, but he does the groundwork, um, mm. essentially Casemiro. That's needed for Rashford to thrive, in my opinion. So I, I'd definitely say Casemiro over Rashford. Um, Gary says, do you like it when Klopp starts smiling when things are going horribly wrong? No, I don't. I don't appreciate that. Um, but I think it's a coping mechanism for him. So uh, I don't know. That that probably be where my opinion stops. Maybe he's grimacing. Could be. Could be. Could be a way of avoiding his anger. <laughs> um, he strikes me as a very mellow man at times. Should Salah be sold in the summer? No. Well, I, I, he's getting a lot of flack this season, Mo Salah. And I, I don't really know why he hasn't. He's not nowhere near as bad as what other, you know, fans and the media are making out to be. He's, he's had a decent season, to be fair to him. Um, he's been better the last few games. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Probably not living up to the to the level that he was at, but like he still has eight goals in six games in Champions League. You know what I mean? So he has eight goals in the Premier League as well. Like it hasn't been that bad of a season. I I wouldn't have said anyways. And I think about nine assists or something. So that's I mean that's fairly alright for someone who's in bad form, Carol. Yeah, well we just talked about a you know a United team a Rashford who's thriving mm. under a good regime. You know I mm. I think. I think Liverpool needs someone in the midfield that can free Salah a bit, and just like United have done in the, this season, there's there, there's something missing there. 
and I think a player like Salah needs players around him. You know, it's just that yeah. that's the case with any attackers. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. To be fair, um, David Mullery says, "When will there be a podcast meetup?" Wow, Kieran, I'm gonna get your thoughts on that because that would be quite a day. A podcast meetup. Mm. Is that what would that involve? They I suppose a lot of alcohol and, and watching football all day, I'd say. Do you know what? I'd absolutely love that. Do a live podcast. I would love to do a live podcast. That That's a bit of a dream of mine. Um, what song is... I, I, I've, I've thought about a live podcast before. And like I'd like to think that we'd have entrance music coming on. Like coming into the podcast stage, let's say. Yeah. The only song that I would come on to would be... Shout out to Tommy Fury for this last night. The one interesting thing in that fight was his entrance. Um, Credence, Clearwater, Revival, Fortune, Son. That would be my song, Kieran. It's great, chill. I go for uh, Carlito. I spit on the people who think I want to be cool. <laughs> I, I, walk on. I spit in the face of people who don't think I'm cool. <laughs> oh, God. Throwing apples. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> We're going to end it with actually a, a quite a genuine, you know, nice question um, from Rory who says, where do you see yourself in five years? Bit of a tinker to end the podcast. Um, Kieran, I'm going to let you start. Alive. <laughs> um, yeah, that's one I don't actually like answering because I, to be honest with you, I'm someone who... Uh, this turned into a therapy session, but I'm someone who uh, enjoys, you know, the authenticity of a day-to-day lifestyle. Like I'm not someone who thinks ahead. It's something I don't like to do. It's something I, it's something I, I don't um, enjoy. I don't like thinking ahead. I don't know. What about you, Adam? Well, I'm quite the opposite in the sense that I, I do like that question. Um, I, I would be the same as you. I, I do like living day-to-day. I don't think you can plan too far ahead, but I would like to think, first of all, I'd be happy in myself and what I'm doing. Um, I would like to think that I'm doing a job that is sufficient enough that it frees me up to do a lot of other things, you know, maybe travel a bit more, um, experience different parts of life. I think COVID took a lot, a lot of that away from people in a sense where you just couldn't really live at times and I think five years time we're talking 2028 I will be 29 so I'd like to I'd like to think I'm somewhat settled and yeah hopefully doing what I'm doing now but in a manner in which I'm being paid for and yeah. um because because you admit yourself like what we're doing is it's great for us we love doing it it's, it's a bit of a dream for ourselves but it would be great if, if this came our our business, let's say, if it was something that that was self sufficient and you know, we have a lot of great support out there and we do appreciate every single one who listens and shares the podcast. Um and we're very grateful for that. Um I'm very grateful for all the experience I've had up till now in the life that I've had. And yeah, more of the same, hopefully, five years to come. I'd I'd love to see myself I'd love to see myself being a paid commentator or someone like RT or, you know, even an American channel or even Sky. Probably unrealistic at this stage, but 
it's something you have to work towards on, on CNBC. Yeah, man, that'd be me. That'd be me. But while yeah. we're speaking about, Carol, sorry. I, I was just about to say, I, I, I had a thought there about where I'd be in five years. I envision a 2028 OnlyFans football podcast world tour live around the arenas. Yeah, let's <laughs> make it happen. Absolutely. Um, and while we're speaking about sports broadcasting, Kieran, um, there was the unfortunate loss of John Watson, the BBC commentator, Motty was his name. That's what he went by. Um, and just speaking personally real quick, he's probably the reason why I wanted to get into commentary as a young boy, as a young man, um, listen to him on telly, he's, he's iconic. And I think a lot of commentators now will have learned everything they know off him, the way he talks, the way he describes things, the way he speaks. Um, moments that stand out was Gerrard's goal in the FA Cup final against West Ham, and Robbie Keane's goal against Germany in the World Cup 2002. These are moments that will live forever. And yeah, rest in peace, John Watson. He was an absolute great at the game. And yeah, Kieran, that's another podcast in the books. Um, I've really enjoyed this one. I, I, to be honest with you, people, if you're still listening now, after I'd say the guts of an hour of us spoofing, fair play. Um, we do hope you enjoyed the podcast as ever. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, TikTok, where we will be coming back soon with more video podcasts. We do promise that. But yeah, Kieran, any last words? Yeah, stay safe, stay well. 2023 we're two months in now so keep the mental health in check sun's on the way vitamin d sun rays beers everything so you have all that all to look forward to and we'll leave it on that good vibe we'll leave it there so we'll leave it there so baby